Well, it's that time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. This is episode number 682 for April 21st, 2021, and I'm your host, Allison Sheridan. This week, our guest is Doc Rock. Now, Doc and I have known each other for ages, and yet we've never done a show together, which is a big miss. Um, as an introduction to Doc, his mission has been to positively touch the lives of a billion people through collaborating and sharing stories and ideas. His work as a YouTuber, trainer, speaker, podcaster, moderator, and designer has helped put him on a path to achieve this mission. Most recently, he's founded the Let's Go Live community, which has helped provide a platform for people to help one another and learn and grow together. He's also a great resource on the Apple stuff. So we have been planning for weeks and weeks and weeks trying to get on together to talk about Apple's spring-loaded event. And uh, they kept not having it. And they finally had it this week. So finally, welcome to the show, Doc. Oh, that's funny. When you put it like that, they kept not having it. <laughs> that is, <laughs> that is all. You know, I find, I find it absolutely hilarious because, you know, you mentioned it now. Yeah, we have known each other for quite a long time. I've been in the Apple space for eons. And then even now, as a person teaching live streaming, one of the things that comes up all the time is, I've been live streaming for like five years. I was like, man, I've been live streaming since it was 320 by 240. <laughs> <laughs> and like uh, you needed a radius rocket to get the video into your machine. <laughs> like wow, really weird good. stuff like that. So, yeah, it's it's you just reminded me, A, how old I am. And then, yeah, B, <laughs> we have no control over the Apple universe like we think we do. Well, what I just did is what I always make fun of people for is when they they people get mad that Apple's late delivering something that they have not yet announced. It's just you thought they were going to do it. And so you oh, decide that they're late. That literally one of my favorite conversations is this idea of people's upset expectations. Even yesterday, I'm so mad. Why? Well, they didn't come out with an M1X, blah, blah, blah. I go, they never said they were going to. No, but I thought, and I go, no, you were listening to rumor sites. That's why they're called rumors. They don't necessarily mean true. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's definitely stuff I, I wish they had come out with, but my pocketbook is really glad they didn't do yet because this is already, this is a very, very expensive uh, uh, event for me anyway. Oh, my uh, goodness. Right. I was I was physically exhausted at the end of that hour. That was, so that was, was you know what's funny? Here's what's hilarious to me. They started out with Apple TV. And I tell you, like the day before, I'm fighting my older Apple TV. It's the new the last gen, but it's the 1080 model, not the 4K model. Okay, so the HD one? The HD one. I have my 4K right. model right here in front of me on my office TV. And for the first time ever, that thing has been flawless since it, I got it the day it came out. It's never had a single hiccup. It started acting like, you know, a little irritant. And then it was the night before. You wake up and they go, hey, you know what? Here goes the new. So I was like, yeah, take that, sucker. You know, that's what I was, was kind of yelling <laughs> at it. Cheat I was like, it, right? you are gone. I'm going to hang you out the window by your USB cord. And then uh, sure, sure enough, they, they popped out a new one, which... Everyone kept saying it's long in the tooth. It's long in the tooth. I wonder what they're going to do. And they didn't change the look of it, but that remote, that's all I care about. That remote is you know, gorgeous. I, I really liked the, the old remote. I, I found it really, really useful, but everything about the new remote is better even to someone who loves the, the old remote. Right. So right. the having a, is it, it's a scroll wheel on the outside of that they circle, pulled right? Back and the then old, click in the middle. Um, I think they pulled back the old like iPod trick iPod click where wheel. it's a capacitive spin 
And that helped uh-huh. me because I find for me with my huge finger, every time I'm swipe, 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 swiping across it, like I'll go either it ignores me and only moves one or it shoots all the way to the Seven. opposite end of the thing. And I'm like, yo, I missed it. I was trying to click something else. <laughs> so. I, I will definitely give you that one. I, I definitely was good at that. But I was my favorite thing is the Siri button, which now they've put it on the side. I think it's actually going to be a little bit harder for me, but I'm willing to give it up for having a mute button and a power button. That's going to be great. You know, the one thing that I think about that is I would love it if I didn't have to press the button. But... Apple is different from not wanting to get slammed with the always listening. You know what I mean? Well, and you know what's going to happen, though. You do that. You say, uh, you say, hey, yes, lady, uh, you know, fast forward two minutes. And what's going to happen is the HomePod in the kitchen is going to answer and go, I can't do that. Oh, so. my goodness. That happens to me now. I'm telling it to turn off the bathroom lights and the HomePod in the bathroom says I cannot. But I was talking to my phone in the bedroom and... The phone will say okay, and I'm like, "Don't you guys? Aren't you guys the same person? Don't you talk to each yeah, other?" Aren't you talking to each other? Or, well, my favorite is when I want to set myself a reminder, and the one in the kitchen does it, which is not where I want the reminder. That's I want it on funny. my watch to go into my phone, and so it's like, oh, "Okay, I'm gonna or set a timer or something like yeah, that." Yeah, um, her little quirks are pretty hilarious. Um, a lady tends to be a little better for me but every once in a while she'll say something sassy and so i've come to the conclusion i've explained this many times to my friends who can't understand why you know s is so far behind and i was like well it was designed expecting you to have a screen and the Mm -hmm. other two were designed expecting you not to have a screen on the other way around (laughs) i flipped that Right. So Apple expected you to have a screen. Right. right so right, right. HomePod so, didn't have one and it's like, whoa, can't do it. Right. And then so it's still the same, you know, base code. But with, you know, the A version, like, you know that it, you were going to be talking through a speaker. So I had to give you better answers. I couldn't tell you, hey, here's here's the answer. Look at it. Because then you'd be just looking at a little ball going what <laughs> and so and so so yeah i think that's the the crazy part about the difference but yeah apple tv had me jazzed a hundred percent and then Let me, i don't I, need i wanted to ask you about on yeah, that though yeah. uh on the on the apple tv um they talked about doing color calibration using your phone oh. pointed at your tv can you explain that whole thing oh, do you understand that a hundred percent i understand that so fun fact i don't know i hate when people say that but got to say it today fun Fun fact fact, the whole time i've been this apple nerd my family used to own a electronic store and we sold tvs stereos video cameras and high-end audio file level systems and so um one of the things you think of if you looked in any desktop publishing at all i used to run a colorimeter business where i would run around and help you know people when they were first getting into desktop publishing to match what the heidelberg printers would look like at the print the number one print shop here right so i would go get their color calibration chip they would print and then i would use a great tag Macbeth colorimeter and put it on people's monitors so that and those when, are all words i don't know but a it's color, a thing it's you stick co- to the screen yes. that looks at this it, it registers the colors coming out of it exactly it's literally what it is verbatim a color monitor okay. 
But why you pronounce it you, colorimeter, I have no idea. <laughs> do, you, do you drag it around on screen to get all, like you put no, up a so photo and you move the, all over the place? If, you, if you've seen this one, guarantee you've seen this in advertisement, something called the spider by data color. It looks like a little tarantula <laughs> that you stick to the screen or like a face sucker from Star Trek, right? You just Nice. Okay, now I understand what you're talking about. Right? So you just <laughs> pop this sucker on the screen. And then before we had a little stick and you would point to the correct chip on the print chart. And again, you've seen these charts before. Oh, okay. It's like a piece of paper that has all the little colored cheek lays on them, squares. Okay. And then you would just say, these are the right ones. So it would know that when you were asking for, say, blue 72, cobalt blue, it was the exact color on the screen so that when people were making their advertisements, when Hilton wanted that salmon coral pink versus their, you know, Hawaiian tropics blue, it was exactly right. So that because Hilton was very Hawaiian village, extremely picky about their colors. Right. And I get it. Okay. It's the paradise. You would not want to show someone a lovely picture of Kauai and the colors don't match. Right. It's right. like, yo, that's, so, that, so that was back at, so that was calibrating a monitor to be, to be printed. So now what it, this is for HDRness or just color calibration? Is uh, in that general, this because I mean, you've, you've been to your friend's house and you're looking at a TV and like, man, all the people look oddly weird because they didn't have their mm -hmm. color set. Right. So one of the things for enjoying a good uh, show in a theater, right? Like you're watching something for all mankind. You don't okay. want to see it where it's not giving you that right amount of vibrancy, that right amount of color to give the emotion of the picture. Or so the it, or the horrible dim grayness of being on the moon. Right. You don't want it to look you don't want it to be coral pink and, exactly. and uh, turquoise blue. You right. need it to be that that desaturated color. Hundred percent. Okay. So the idea of using your phone, because it's giving you the position. The only thing the thing on the screen is for is to give it the right position so you know where it is. And now it's going to, through Bluetooth LE, tell your camera to come on so that your camera can pick up the ambient light situation in your room. So we're going uh -huh. to adjust the output signal so that what's happening is matching your ambient light situation in your room. Now, why I think this is dope is I have a thing that says, hey, A lady or hey, S lady, uh, go to TV mode. And it puts everything in a color reminiscent of red curtains in a, you know, theater theater. <laughs> Big theater. Oh, right. So okay. all the Phillips all Hughes, right. they go to that theater crimson curtain color because it's a good what we're used to. That's what your eyes are used to in the theater. So I figured I'd just make it that way. Plus, it just kind of swank when people see it. They go, oh, oh that's pretty cool. Right. So yeah. now you would set that up. You'd put the thing on and you'd say go. And they would do the calibration according of the cinema lights of how you watch your stuff. And I just so, think it's so, amazing. So wait, so I'm going to, so a symbol is going to come up on the screen and I'm going to, I'm going to hold my phone up to it. It's yeah. going to chat over Bluetooth and it's going to tell the Apple TV how to tell the TV to change the color. Yep. Because you can pass those commands over HDMI cable. Okay. Do I have to buy all new HDMI cables? Nope. It's already built into the <laughs> HDMI spec. In theory, if you have... As long uh, as you have 2.1, probably, yeah, right? exactly. I was going to say, in yeah. theory, as long as you have 2.1 spec cables, you should be good to go. 
that that cat that ended up costing me like an extra fifteen hundred dollars when I got a, a new four K <laughs> TV because I had to replace my entire receiver because it didn't have two point one and only had two point oh and then all new cables through the walls and everything. I'm still mad about. It's that. super funny because I did the same thing because I got it. Somebody gave me a Sony uh, receiver for Christmas and then I was like, oh, now I got to change all the cables. I should <laughs> I was happy with my my receiver, but the new one is way better. <laughs> Doc, here, here's a question, though. How often do you think anybody's actually going to do this calibration? The nerdy me will do it all the time just to show people that <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> yeah, it might be a party trick. might be a party trick. Yeah. Oh, but I, I have another question. They, they went on and on about it being HDR, but I'm pretty sure my uh, 4K TV is HDR and so is my 4K Apple TV. Correct. Is this like HDR more? No, no, it's the same thing, but, you know, a lot of people have it. Okay, for instance, you know, in like an LG that I have there connected to my computer, I have never run the spider from data color on it to set it right, so I know the HDR color is off. So even though I oh, okay. use that to edit in Final Cut, I'll drag the viewer at the end, I'll move it back to the iMac, and then do the adjustment Shift with, the you know, with oh, okay. my color grade, and I'll put it back because I can't trust it. But I feel like the iMac is closer, even though that's not accurate either. You you should, if you're really into this and you care, you should buy a spider. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, well, so we've probably covered enough on the uh, on the Apple TV. Um, one of the things, uh, so I, I don't want to spend too much time on the AirTags, but one of the things I thought was interesting was that they were, when they talked about AirTags, that they you would have this network of everybody with, uh, a U1 chip in their iPhones, and they specifically said the iPhone 12. And I think that's because they want you to buy an iPhone 12. But I wanted to make sure, sure people knew that the iPhone 11 has a U1 chip as well. <laughs> Maybe they're going off of what they know they have stock of. But if you already yeah. own an 11, you're square. But I don't think you're yeah. going to go buy a brand new one. Maybe that's it. No, no, but... I just wanted people to know that if they have an iPhone 11, they've got a U1 chip, they're going to get to play. Built in. Right, right. You don't have yeah. to do it. That's kind of funny. I didn't even think about that. See, I'm sure that the Twitterverse probably went crazy when that happened. I think these are <laughs> incredible. I've been waiting for this for a while. I have Tile. I had Tracker Bravo for a little bit. Um, the one thing that I went directly to, because I know people would have a cow over it, is can you change the battery? And it says mm. the batteries are replaceable, but it doesn't say user replaceable. So it might uh, be one okay. of those things where you take it to the G-Bar and they give you a whole they other set for one. a small fee. But still, that's better than what happens with Tile right now. Tile right now, about a year and a half, you just throw them away and get another set. So I have a, most people listening will already know this, but I get to tell the story because it'll be new to you. Uh, Steve had his backpack stolen when we were in uh, Peru, actually at the airport. And it had not only all of his tech gear, but it had his passport in it, which was really nifty. We call it three extra bonus days in, in uh, Lima. But uh, anyway, he, uh, he had a tile in it. So we're like, all right, man, we'll find it. We'll find the backpack and we'll tell the police, you know, we'll look it up. The tile battery had died seven months earlier, and it never notified me that it was dying. Oh, my so goodness. So there wasn't anything tile could ever do to win my loyalty back. I, there's just no, nothing. No, because that's important. Well, not only that. You I had think, one job. Well, what would have been the amount of people that had the tile app installed in Lima, Peru? That would be the second problem. True. Whereas the way True. this works, it's all based off of Find My, so it doesn't matter, Right. As long as well, anyone has a phone, 
the Bluetooth LE is generating the network. So uh, that's why I thought they said you had to have a U1 chip for it to be yeah to help out though. So it would have to be iPhone 11s and up in the in the hands of people near you. Yeah, and so no? that still could be somewhat problematic in a place like Lima, Peru, that's heavily Android. But possibly way more than would have tile. Oh, guarantee, <laughs> guarantee, way more than tile. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And over in time, order for this to become working. prevalent for the whole world to be excited about it, it has to be cross device brands. Yeah. Pot. Yeah. Yeah. Depending then, on where you live. Yeah, we're lucky we have high saturation of iPhone users, right? If you're, right, if you're right. in the Bay Area, you're good. Because <laughs> between all of the Apple <laughs> employees and everybody there, you'll find your stuff, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, but if you're in, uh, I don't know, uh, there are definitely countries that are a lot more Android than, uh, oh, when than I, iPhone. When I go to China, um, we're talking well over 80%. And that's because of Huawei and then, you know, naturally wanting to buy uh, a Chinese brand and things like that, or even in in uh, parts of Seoul, you're gonna get heavy Samsung use. Now, there's people that get iPhone there because it's the counterculture move, it's the cool move, it's the <laughs> hipster move. But normally, it's going to be a bunch of Android oriented devices. So, yeah, interesting. Stay, well, um, hold it speaking tight. of speaking of color, um, the iMac 24 inch is in beautiful colors. <sighs> But I have a question for you. Is it, my first thought, I think I think it is a gorgeous piece of glass. It looks like an iPad standing on a, on a, a swivel metal, and I think it's just gorgeous. But if you're into – they talked about doing video and doing photography, and they named all of the apps from Affinity Photo to, to Vectornator. You know, they went through all these apps. If you're into those apps, are you going to want a big strip of pink facing you down across the bottom of the monitor or yellow – or even purple. Well, so this is what's funny is because they purposely went out of the way to tell you that the bezel is actually a light shade of gray. So as not to give you, you know, weird impressions when you're doing your color correcting and stuff. But yeah, you definitely going to have a, a nice, beautifully colored chin. Now they muted it. Um, and where the vibrancy is actually on the back, which uh, I would have rather be in the front. I mean, if I want to buy this, I'm buying it because I want it to match. You know what I mean? I want it to look as vibrant as it is. So I don't even want to see that muted chin. I'd rather be dark. But they definitely thought about what you just said because I think that's why they I did. Oh, I didn't notice it's muted. Yeah. yeah. But still, I mean, still if, you pick, if you pick a red, that is going to be a very or, – or a pink, I guess, they've got uh, – it's, oh, I see. So it's red on the back, but pink on the front. Yeah, but so pink. that's. I think that's why they did it. I think they purposely made it muted on the front so as not okay. to take too much away from the screen when you are doing screen oriented things. I don't. I don't think that the uh, what they call it the uh, the RI value, the reflective index. I don't think the reflective index on this muted a color will affect your eye that much. Really, but okay. you're also probably not super realistic about your photo editing on a 24 inch iMac anyway it has the yeah, power maybe. it can do it but right. you would definitely put a BenQ or an LG something more accurate off to the side that would be your secondary monitor and that's what you would look at to monitor if you're at that level of photographer okay okay you know, that so, being said uh, I love to grade on my iPad because it's just quicker to do it with your finger 
in Lightroom on the iPad. It's just quite amazing. What is, what is grading? Um, you know, color grading. Uh, oh, okay. basically adjusting all your colors and stuff and making your image look doper. <laughs> yes, the doper image button. Um, <laughs> in terms of one of the most interesting pieces of tech that that got the least amount of airtime was Ethernet in the power thank adapter. You. Oh my goodness, Allison, thank you. I've been I'm raving back. about that by myself, <laughs> literally. Because <laughs> everybody I say to, they go, what? And I go, yeah, didn't you notice that you put the Ethernet cable in the power brick? And they're like, so? And I'm like, not so. That's only one no, that's... cable comes from the floor. That's amazing. It, well, and, and so it's MagSafe, and it's a, a power cable carrying IP. That yeah. is That is fascinating to me. Well, it is and it isn't. Here's why it's okay. It's going to sound it's going to sound fascinating, and to most people, they're going to freak out over it. But every access point in here is carrying power over Ethernet. I mean, that, yeah, yeah. There is such a thing as power over Ethernet, and it's vice versa. Is... There's such thing as Ethernet over power, because right. on the floor right next to me, I have TP-Link um, power line adapters. So this is a okay. thing has been for a yeah. while, but the genius yeah. of actually doing it in a computer never before. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I, the tech has always been there. I mean, for as long as I could think of, we've been, we've had those, uh, you know, sort of wall work, um, ethernet bricks so you can move ethernet from one side of the house to the other. Yeah. But I just right, think right. it's genius. It's like one and tiny plus, umbilicus. One, that's a dongle you don't need yes. or a big jack on the back. Now you've just got all these, you know, you've got USB-C and Thunderbolt and that's it. It's gorgeous. You know, I jokingly, um, because in the live streaming business, you need a lot of dongles, right? Especially on any of the M1 oriented mm -hmm. things, you need a lot of dongles. So we have this joke that we were going to build a site that sells nothing but adapters and call it McDongles. <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. You know, when I think about, uh, so I've got a 16 inch MacBook Pro with four Thunderbolt ports and the reason I need four Thunderbolt ports is when I'm uh, live streaming and I'm on the road. So when I'm at home, you know, I've got it in a dock and it's no big deal. I could get away with one or two even. But uh, it, when I'm on the road, those are all full up and I could use a couple more. Have you picked up a CalDigit Element Hub yet? Element? No, I've got the CalDigit TS3 Plus. Okay, so I can't show you my Element Hub because, what A, people are going to be listening to us so they won't see. But one is connected to the iMac and one is connected to the Mini. But I do have in my hand the Anchor, which is kind of a carbon copy of it almost. And mm -hmm. it has three Thunderbolt ports on the front. Um, the Cow Digit will have four super speed USBs on the opposite side. And then it has the tethering port, a.k.a. the Thunderbolt, to the computer on the side. So when you plug it in. So is this doing the hubbing with, uh, yes. thunder with uh, because um, Thunderbolt 3 slash 4, a.k.a. USB 4, offers hubbing, whereas Thunderbolt 3 directly didn't really have it. And your computer supports it. But we never right. had a device in our hand that would do it. And so now with the CalDigit Element or the Anchor or the OWC, they're all hubs, which is different from a dock in the fact that it will take one port and turn it into three. So my main... And you also need... You do also need um, a big surface, right? You need right? big surface. This is correct. So on my okay. mini, what happens is each port is occupied by a CalDigit Element 3 hub. So each port turned one into three. So that leaves me with six nice. open Thunderbolt ports. 
And because Shh. it adds docking, there's a CalDigit T3 Plus to that because that brings all the legacy connectors and the SD yeah. card and the digital <laughs> audio interface and blah, 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 blah. So that's like, if you really want to like ball it out, it works because what people don't understand, and this came up again yesterday, why is there only two Thunderbolt ports? Because you not only need two, because there's two Thunderbolt controllers in there. So they're independent because of the way the M1 is set up. There's no. Oh, I re- thought it was one Thunderbolt controller for those two ports. Not in your mini and your um in your but M1. I, no, I mean I know there's two Thunderbolt ports. There are two but I thought that was I thought that was one controller. Really, it's two. Two okay. separate controllers. Okay. So so what that means is, I mean it's doing a much better job. It's absolutely brilliant the way that it's set up because of the way it's talking to the cores. You could take that those two ports and turn it into a hundred and something if you had enough things connected to it if you really wanted to but like i just don't know like people say well i wish i could just plug it all into the machine the machine's only five inches across dude <laughs> where, are you go- where are you going you know what i'm saying and even and on the back of the imac the idea of the umbilicus is that it's bringing all this in with one cord i almost wish even those were on the brick so that everything is hidden so all you could have is an iMac on your desk looking swanky and you could have like the Pegasus heat generating 20 terabyte hub on the floor. <laughs> you ne- <laughs> never see it, Something you know, warm your feet on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this, Just, this is cool. I'm glad to know about the CalDigit. Uh, I know OWC has one. Um, I got both. Yeah. I got, I got all of them. Actually, I got the anchor, the CalDigit and OWC because they all got announced at roughly the same time. And right. all of them said out of stock. So I just ordered all of them and I was going to get whichever came in first. But then, and after then they, they all came in. They all came within like a week of each other. And then my YouTuber brain goes, well, time to pit them against each other. Oh, <laughs> so oh, nice. And, nice. And then, so do you have a, you have a video on that? Yep. Cool. Well, we'll have to have you give me a uh, link on that. These must be popular because yeah, they're out of the uh, element is out of stock. And I know the OWC one is out of stock. I haven't checked the Anchor one, but if those two are out of stock, that one is too. Well, one thing you should know about the OWC and the Anchor, they are identical twins. They don't, I oh, mean, they really Anchor are. had to do what Anchor does and add a little curve and a little sexiness to the body. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I look at the port lineup, <laughs> I look at the the uh, plugs that all go in there, everything is like perfectly lined up. And actually for all intents and purposes the cal digit is the same as well however they were smart enough on the opposite side instead of leaving you with one usb a style super speed port they gave you four Uh, that's nice that's nice i you know i am finding i'm needing more um i'm needing more usb c ports i'm almost always out of those not out of uh usb a anymore yeah i don't even i try to buy stuff that doesn't have usb a cables anymore just because yeah you got to find that was funny what i just said because you have to find (laughs) what direction it plugs in i love just putting it in any which way i want that makes my life happy You know, I was thinking about that the other day. Uh, I've got blinds in my office that have one of those uh, circular um, cables that you pull to to rotate the blinds. And then, or wait, no, that's the one that opens and closes it. And then an up-down one that that, uh, rotates them. And I swear the people who designed USB-A designed those kind of blinds because I have (laughs) never grabbed the cable and gone the direction I wanted to go. Not once ever. That's the same with us for our big curtain in the living room. No matter which cable I grab, it's the wrong way. If I want to close it, I grab the open one. 
it just doesn't. You can't. It's just hundred percent. Yeah, it's funny. You would figure 100%. it's a 50-50 shot, but it's not. Yeah. You always grab nope. the wrong one. <laughs> well, and and everybody knows with the USBA, you put it in one way, it's wrong. You put it in a sec, the other way, it's wrong, and then you put it back, and it's right. Right. Yeah. It definitely <laughs> takes three chances. That's super funny. Yeah. Hey, uh, so the coolest thing about the iMac, other than the uh, Ethernet port, has to be Touch ID on the keyboard, right? If they do not sell that keyboard separate, I will lose it. Buy I will it absolutely streets, right? lose it. I looked yesterday in the store, and so far I don't see it as a separate option. And I'm like, please, guys, please, I need that as a separate option like yesterday. Number one, just for when I want to clamshell the MacBook Pro. A lot of people have said that's exactly why they want it. They right. want to they want to clamshell the MacBook Pro. Yeah, so if I ever want to clamshell the MacBook Pro, that's one side of it. Number 2, I would like to get one that will match the date cuz you don't have a I have an Apple keyboard in every location, so when you move the computer, you pop it up somewhere, you clamshell it, plug it in. I can sit it there, right? So in colors, I can get the one that matches the living room when it's just to, uh-huh. you know, talk to the TV. <laughs> But in my studio, it's going to be purple. Everything in here is purple, you know. But then maybe in the other room, it might be orange. So I want to get the That'd right keyboard fun. for the right spot, you know. I mean, Apple people do that kind of stuff, you know. <laughs> so one thing I wanted to make sure people knew about it, uh, f- if you listen carefully and you read what they said, um, it only works with the M1. So uh, to quote Apple spec, it says um, implemented wireless and magic keyboard. It uses dedicated security component on the keyboard that communicates directly with the secure enclave in M1. So as excited as you might be to use this on your Intel iMac or or your Intel um, Mac mini, I don't think that's going to work. No, that's not going to work. But it's perfect for this M1 mini over here and in the MacBook Pro. So. That'd yeah, be. now they didn't technically say it would work with, with the Mac Mini, but I can't imagine it wouldn't, right? Well, yeah, M1 is M1. The it's the same M1. And in theory, it'll work with the iPad as well. What? Oh, M1? that's right. The iPad Pro is, M- oh, is M1. Oh, oh man, I didn't think about that. Oh, oh yeah. I like that. Take that, Allison Sheridan. Yeah, oh they, better, they really better make that Well, available. because they also had enough common decency to give us an option with the full 10 key, which I only use for Final Cut. But yeah. in Final Cut, I want them keys. You know, I currently use a Keychron K8, which I absolutely love. It is the world's dopest mechanical keyboard, but the K8 doesn't have those keys. And so when I'm editing now... I'm so irritated that I just didn't get a K4 that has the extra keys because for me, typing across numbers across the top over and over again is not a thing. It just takes longer. So I end up literally moving the sliders in Final Cut with the mouse, which takes way longer, or I have a loop deck CT. But I sometimes I just want to no, type the number. I, my mother uh, was an incredibly fast typist. She typed around ninety six words a minute, and uh, I asked her once. I said, "So, so you type? You can type the numbers that fast too?" And she goes, "No, Allison, no one can." <laughs> she said, "I stop and look and go six. <laughs> I felt so much better because I thought if I just practiced, I'd get good at it. And she said, no, it's not possible. No one can do yeah, that. And, and I like, remember oh. all of that time that Miss Rosen made us learn how to use the number pad and the calculator thing so that we mm. could be able to put numbers really quick in case you ended up yeah. with a job as a cashier. What's no one that was, you know, but Wait, that, aren't they upside down from that? No, I no, thought no. They were the other. 
you know the um like the Cas- the Casio loud noisy Casio with the big thing, yeah. And then the paper yeah. came out the back. It's the same as yep, the keyboard. Yep. Da, 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 da. Oh, I thought it was upside down. Oh, you God. know I haven't used a, a keypad in a long time. Uh, I used to be really good at it, but I I just it's too big on my desk. Well, and notebooks so I, have taken it out, down. right? Ever since we got yeah. the notebooks under seventeen. Oh my goodness! I just sorry, I just had a brain fart. Like M1 17 inch macbook pro back to my which really do a 17 inch bro i loved it the only thing that was bad is when we're be going to like uh, i'm a big dude the pound just didn't bother me but when we're flying from here to san francisco to go to one of the mac world events and i'm trying to like use it on the plane two things it didn't fit on the tray and the second yeah. thing anybody six rows behind me is awoke now because <laughs> That sucker had light. Holy, you open that thing and it was like, ah. Everybody would complain. Can you tell that guy to close the window? Nope, that's his computer. <laughs> that's funny. I have never met anybody who actually liked their 17 inch. Oh, Everybody man, I knew Apple was it. like, oh, they're so heavy. Yeah, I guess I'm a big hey, dude, so it don't bother me. <laughs> Speaking of heavy, uh, the new – we're just rolling right into this. The new iPad Pro with M1, um, I am – a crazy 12.9 inch fan. Me I too. just love the 12.9. Oh, good. It, 100%. I think we're, there's not that many people who like the 12.9. Oh, it's too big. I love it. I think it's great. That's because but, they're not bespectacled. When you're bespectacled, them extra inches is very well <laughs> welcomed. Well, I use mine as my TV. I watch video so podcasts. So that's that's got to you know bigger is better on that. But when I I added the uh, magic keyboard to it that it, with the trackpad and everything that got that got a lot heavier. I just looked at the specs for the new iPad Pro and it's another uh, like almost ten percent eight percent more weight in the new one. It's a pound and a half, and I think oh. we're at one point three nine or something like that. Oh, so I wonder why he did this. it. Has to be battery. Um, even though the M1 theoretically should, more efficient, perf- right? Even though it should perform better um, than the regular one right now, I think they just added extra battery just so that they can just claim battery because that's always one of the things that goes with it. It has to be it. Yeah. Uh, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What about maybe it's uh, running that liquid Retina XDR? Oh, display. Yeah, that's true. The new display is probably bringing some kind of extra heft to it as well. Oh man! So I'm looking at a Pro Display XDR right now, but I don't get how this one is a Pro Display XDR. Wait, you got a Pro Display XDR monitor now? Yeah. Oh, that was nice. Steve did it. Steve did it for Christmas. He's crazy. I didn't need this, but (laughs) hey, yeah, you do because then your eyes will last longer. (laughs) Maybe, maybe. but so what what about the the iPad display makes it like the XDR? I didn't I didn't really catch that. Is it the the brightness? So the funny part is during the presentation when they were talking about that and they were explaining how they were able to pull off XDR like inside the iPad, I was too busy being jazzed over still M1 and I was in in the Twitterverse going crazy just about M1 iPad. And so, although this is not a product announcement, so nobody call my bosses and say anything, <laughs> everyone in our community start going, does this mean we're going to be able to run Ecamm on the iPad now? And I was <laughs> like, yeah, we're the only native streaming app in the planet right now, but 
Mac OS and iPad OS are different. So no, you're not just going to be able to pick it up and move it over there. And then of course I got the pushback where you could take the iPad app and move it to the Mac. I go, yeah, that's different. Leave me alone. I'm trying to watch this. <laughs> oh, so that, get a chance to, uh, no, but that became a giant wish argument in our community. And I get it. I completely get it. People like, there are going to be many apps that are Mac only that you're going to hope makes it to the iPad and, you know, vice versa. We wanted last year, a bunch of people that had iPad apps that we were moving to our minis. We wanted them to adjust it to work when you're using a mouse and not a pencil. So I think it brings a lot of opportunity. Um, the display itself is just amazing. And I already use my current one to do a lot of my photo retouching. And like you said, I prefer to watch TV on it. Like we were just joking a little bit ago, Karen and I were like, we have two gigantic TVs and both of us absorb so much content on the iPad. <laughs> <laughs> like no, we will sit down and watch the same iPad and it's like, we have the Apple TV and the Fire Stick, so we could watch what we're watching on the TV, but we'll be just sit next to each other watching the same thing on the iPad. I have no idea why. That's funny. Hey, so when we get in, it's got mini LEDs, and uh, I recommend people, I'll put a link in the show notes to this, but Tom Merritt did an episode of Know a Little More where he explains mini LEDs. And I'm going to have to listen to it about two or three more times because there's a lot of information he packs into like 10 or 15 minutes on these. Uh, but so I understand the LEDs that. and the promotion, though, are the two big things. Like all of the, the nerd kids have been wanting this promotion on iPhone and iPad for a minute just for the way that it handles the heavy fluidity for fast moving games. And then the mini, the mini LEDs should give you true color because they can actually change color more rapidly than the old cells. Uh, okay. Right. Okay. So you're with that. They said they're doing local dimming with it. Right. Right. So that gives you that depth. You know, when you look into certain pictures on Behance, like whenever you want to freak out, at, people say, oh, it's just an iPad, blah, blah, blah. I'll go to Behance and I'll show them stuff that, you know, people are creating with high levels of color where you can actually see the depth. Sometimes photos just don't do it because the person taking the photo would have to be a good photographer in order for you to pick it up because people will crush their highlights and shadows and not give you all of that depth, right? Your iPhone does a fantastic job of it. Um, in the perfect conditions, your iPhone will give you almost a three-dimensional. Remember you used to wear the glasses and look at the pictures in the store and then you yeah. kind of move your head and you can see the depth. Right. The modern camera does that, but in the right condition. When it's not in the right condition, it too has to crush highlights and shadows to get you a nice image, and it doesn't have that kind of depth, right? So okay. with the ProMotion display and the local dimming, and even like the demo that they have on the site with this like a purple and orange like makeup looking picture, you can actually see depth in that image. And that's an image that's not even looking at an iPad flat, like it's kind of tilted, you know, hmm. and I think they showed it that way on purpose because it makes your brain even more want to see the depth. Okay. Okay. Well, I'd never heard ProMotion explain why we cared. I've heard people complaining that we didn't have it. it, it is this the first iPad with ProMotion? I believe so. We had that for a little while. Okay. I mean, no, maybe what the iPad Pro last year had it as well. I forget. I honestly forget. Okay. Okay. 
So it's got, I think, uh, two specs that do call it out as being like the uh, Pro Display XDR is 1,000 nits of brightness, 1,600 peak. Uh, but you really only see that in HDR. You don't see that in uh, just looking at it normally. Yeah, but those mini LEDs, oh my God, what that just does for just general image quality and, man, it's 10,000 of them. Yeah, it's crazy. Packed into a little thing. Do you remember when, you know, we thought getting uh, 16 million colors was like earth shattering? Wasn't there a lawsuit about that? Right. <laughs> I remember that. Right. So we we went from see people will remember this stuff, but we went from grayscale. Well, black and white, so to speak, or monochrome to grayscale. From grayscale to four color, four color to 16, 16 to 256, and then we went to 32,000, and then we went to 16 million colors, and that's when we got what we're looking at today. And so I know, I can't tell the difference in all that, though. You know, when I I hear about that, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, you know, back for us, the big difference for us, you know, as computer users, back when the, when it went from, you know, well, the Mac kind of led this, but, you know, all computers have it. When we went from 256 to 32,000 colors, that was the big deal because then things became photorealistic, right? When it went to 16 million colors, it not only became photorealistic, it just became better looking. You didn't know why. It was just better looking. Okay. You know what I mean? But we've been on it for so long, I think people forget you know, that we've had it for that long. Um, and I guess what's kind of crazy is we never had images that had that deep, thick, rich type of stuff because they didn't really make applications that would even help you paint things like that because nothing could okay. display okay. it. And now we can do it. So one of the things that HDR is bringing you with high dynamic range is you could actually see stuff in the shadows. When you look at old movies, you don't get that because they weren't filmed that way. So the shadows are muddy and you don't see all the little minor details and stuff, you know? So this is prime prime setup for shows like CSI where you got to ask yourself, a uh, police department with this much money, why do you always investigate in the freaking dark? Turn on some lights. <laughs> <laughs> But I think they do that just to make the show, you know, like sticking your brain better. But it always drives me crazy. Like, I would not be like checking out a crime scene in the dark. I'd have all the lights out. But <laughs> this will play better in playback for things like that. You know, more realist. Photorealistic is the, is the answer. So one other thing they did that uh, is curious is for the first time they actually have on their spec sheet how much RAM is in the in the models of the 12.9. So if you get a uh, up to two. 512 gigs of storage, it's eight gigs. Yep. But for the one or two terabyte models, it's 16 gig. Yeah, I I, I appreciate them for doing that actually. But it sucks because then that means you got to buy at least the one terabyte. Well, yeah, now you know. Well, yeah, no, I mean, I already managed to spec it up to fourteen hundred bucks without, and I stopped at uh, two fifty six. So that's that's going to start getting a little bit pricey to go to a terabyte. Yeah, but see, here's the problem now. This is going to be a challenge, but maybe it's a good thing. Okay, so here's why I think this is a problem, because. People have been wanting 
this convergent device that is a little bit of computer and a little bit of tablet for a while, right? Mm. The the Vatitis of the world. <laughs> and we're finally getting there um, because it is an M1 now. So it's a desktop class processor in a tablet. It was always a desktop class processor in a tablet yeah. since the Pro came out. But people couldn't get their head around it because they're just the body says it's an iPad, so it's an iPad. <laughs> but I think with the advent of things like LumaFusion, and you know, you know that I call it IFCPX or FCPXI or whatever, something to do with Final Cut Pro and the iPad is coming. Logic on the iPad is coming because Uh. now it's a full processor. So for fear of that alone, I have to get 16 gigs. Okay, so that makes me crazy. I mean, that would be awesome if we got Final Cut and uh, Logic on the iPad, but wouldn't they have to fundamentally change something in the OS so that you would be able to do, say, for example, record a, uh, a Skype call? And and with the iPad, and you can't do that today with the way it's designed, right? Uh, no, not at the moment. And that's definitely something that we'll have to talk about because, I mean, they talked about it yesterday so much about being able to live stream directly from the iPad mm. with 5G. So they've already thought about it. And I believe that something to do with uh, Mac OS and iPad OS 15 will bring some of this stuff into play. But, you know, we won't really see that until late September for, you know, iPad, I mean, Mac, yeah, iOS, and then iPad OS normally follows right after. So we might see that update okay. in September, October. See, because I was, ah, when I bought the 12.9 inch iPad Pro, I bought it with 512 gigs of storage just because, you know, I could. And then I looked at my my usage and I've used 135 gig of that so far. And, and yeah, that's I think the, I'm in a similar boat. However, where it's going to change now is I already edit a lot on it anyway with LumaFusion, but if they bring Final Cut to the picture, I'm editing everything on the iPad. Uh, yeah. Cause yeah. Because like, like just because you can, and you can edit on the couch, you got your headphones in, you got your little Bear Dynamics plugged in the side, you're already just going away. Kick back. On the pencil. Yeah. I was talking to somebody yesterday, color correcting, using the pencil to shade parts that's only this one part of the image is messed up, game changer. Being able oh, wow. to do, you do that ma- with LumaFusion? No, that's what I'm saying. If you could do it, and, oh. and you, it will be incredible, right? And the okay. other thing that will come in handy is being able to actually draw mask instead of doing it with the mouse. Uh, the people uh. who do it a lot, they do it with a, a Wacom. Okay. And being able to do that on the iPad would just be even more credible. And yes, right, because it's right it's directly Wacom. on it. Yeah. yeah, not not it's not a, a removed process. You're right. right on the target. You're writing directly on the target. Yeah. So it's I mean interesting. It's gonna be incredible. Just so much so much things that you can do on the fly that you can do with a pencil or your finger that you just can't do with a mouse. It doesn't work that way. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that's um oh shoot. Now you got me wondering. Now I don't do any video editing at all. <laughs> but I'm like, well, well, I must need a terabyte now because <laughs> I'm going to need that 16 gigs of RAM. But you, uh, would you edit audio at all with yeah. this kind of stuff? Yeah. What do you well, use? I, I don't do any of it on the iPad. I use uh, Hindenburg for my uh, my DAW, my yeah. uh, digital audio workstation, and I use uh, Audio Hijack for all the capture stuff. 
So uh, I've got two completely separate environments. The only thing that crosses over in between is my writing. So I write my blog posts in Ulysses and it works on both devices so I can go back and forth. But everything else, it's like this is for one thing and this is for the other thing. Yeah, so you don't even need the extra memory. It's not even about the size of storage space. You're not going to do anything that's going to require the extra memory, so you don't have to. I don't think so. Yeah, but you just want to, though. (laughs) (laughs) I was giving my daughter a hard time. She said, "She said, Mom, you don't need a new iPad." And I said, "I well, it's two and a half years old, and she thinks I need a new MacBook Pro when the M1s come out, the higher end M1s come out, because she's going to get my hand me down." But oh. she doesn't think I knew an iPad. Need a new iPad because it's her brother who's going to get my iPad hand me down. See, I know that right away because as soon as Apple introduces anything, my niece who's eleven, uncle, Sniffing around Apple's you. coming out with this new. Th- Are you going to get it? And I'm like, I don't know why. Well, can I have the old stuff? And I was like, Oh, okay. I see what you're doing now. <laughs> got to feed the nerds. She's gotta- already asking for the next iPhone because she wants the iPhone 12 Pro Max. Oh, nice, nice. No. Oh, that reminds me. Thinking of of the uh, we were talking about the cameras, and we didn't talk about this new thing they've uh, got on the uh, iPad Pro. And I don't know if this was just the, the uh, this was probably the 11 and the 12.9. Uh, they've got put a camera in it that's 12 megapixels with 120 degree field of view in this thing called Center Stage. Oh, can you my did you pay attention to that? Yes. How does that work? What is it? Yes. That? Okay, so. Um, be, I guess because of the way that the sensor works in the, cause now this, the sensor moves, right? You're going to be able to have your iPad on a stand and you're doing a FaceTime call. It's going to be able to move to follow you a little bit. Now you're not going to go across the room, but if you happen to move, the camera will rotate to match you kind of like a PTZ. Oh, I don't, I got it. You know what the perfect analogous of this is? Do okay. you remember the old Logitech Orbit? Yeah, yeah. I, when 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 Sandy and I used to do um, to our TV live, I used to use Logitech Orbit, and then if I would move my chair to go grab something, it would follow me, and oh. it was super creepy. <laughs> so, so I thought you said the sensor is actually moving. I assumed that they were using this 120 degree field of view, and that they were actually just going to be cropping it and move. And, and that's probably and, what for this particular case is probably how they're going to do it. But like in the iPhone right now, on the Pro Max, one of the things the sensor does move is it does move for your stabilization. I believe what they're right. going to do is a pan and scan, similar to what we've always done to convert widescreen movie into four by three TV before we all got widescreen TV. Right, right. They also said if a second person joins you in the view, it'll track you both. Yeah. So it won't just stay on you if somebody else joins in. That That's going to be kind of crazy. See, that's kind of crazy. Oh, so here's the thing. It kind of happens now. A lot of people don't realize this, but if you have something like this, I have a Sony ZV-1. Sony ZV-1 claims to be a 4K camera. It's technically a 6K camera. They downsampled the 4K. What oh. they use the extra image stuff for is for your stabilization. So when you're right, right. walking and you're trying to shoot a video, it basically does exactly what we're talking about with this sort of center stage. It moves the image accordingly, something they call uh, catalyst browse, and it basically downsamples and gives you a good, steady 4K image. But the way they do it is by shooting a 6K image. Okay. Yeah. So I, I wonder if they're doing some of that. It, was this on the backside camera or the front side camera? Do you I know? I swear in the picture it was front because they showed the guy, um, he was in the kitchen or something 
and he went yeah. running across the kitchen and <laughs> followed him. So I think they're doing it from the front. So 12 megapixels on the front. That is crazy. That is. But it's still in the wrong position. They didn't move it up to the the horizontal side, right? It's still Maybe in the that's the side other reason you, why you like need it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that they moved that they did that creepy eye thing together. That's supposed to make it work, right? Well, hold on. Here it says that the center stage uses the ultra wide camera and machine learning. So it says center stage with the with FaceTime and other video conferencing apps. So it looks like it might be using the one from the back. But yeah, even on the back, like Wait, but you don't do FaceTime from the back. Nobody. It's got to be on the front. It has to right? be on the front. I mean, yeah, looking at this image of the guy and his daughter, like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just laughing because in order to keep theme, see, Apple thinks of stuff that no one thinks of. In order to keep theme, they have cauliflower, and they have purple cauliflower and yellow cauliflower, and then a the red knife and the eggplant, and then... uh heirloom tomatoes that match the other colors for the green and the orange <laughs> so they put all the colors of the new iMac in this person's vegetable soup that they're making oh that's funny and I'm like only Apple would do that <laughs> right because it brings in all the colors right yeah thought of somebody somebody sat there and thought about it all the way through <laughs> <laughs> every bit of it well, hey, Doc, this has been uh, this has been really fun. Um, your big thing is uh, is live video, right? Yes, ma'am. So what I'd like to say here for the audience is everything good starts with DocRock.live, right? Any place you want to find Doc, it's DocRock.live. You want to find him on YouTube? Slash YouTube. Facebook? Yep. Slash group. LinkedIn? Slash LinkedIn. I'm saying this because that's exactly the way I do all of my URLs. So if you want to find him on Twitter, DocRock.live slash TWT. Instagram, DocRock.live slash Insta. Yep. That's brilliant. You can try random stuff. It'll work. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, th probably the best place to go, I think, though, is your uh, live YouTube channel and to learn about all kinds of fun tech. And uh, and is, is that where you do this live community, this Let's Get Live community as well? Yes. The Let's Get Live stuff all happens on the YouTube channel. And a lot of it has to do with just wanting to teach people that live video is a fantastic way to grow your community and just tell your stories. And especially for business people trying to look for a fast way to reconnect with their people after being separated for so long. Live video allows you to stay and you don't have to worry about, I don't know how to use Final Cut or iMovie. Don't edit. Just come on live and talk to your customers in real time. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. All right. Well, very cool. I thank you so much. And uh, it will not be as long from uh, the first time we met until now, till the next time I have you on the back, back on the show. I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah. We got two more keynotes this year, so we're good. <laughs> oh, sweet. I would love that. That would be great. You'll come back? Absolutely. Okay, cool. Thanks. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Chit Chat Across the Pond. Did you notice there weren't any ads in the show? That's because this show is not ad supported. It's supported by you. If you learned something, or maybe you were just entertained, consider contributing to the Podfeet podcast. You can do that by going over to podfeet.com and look for the big red button that says support the show. When you click that button, you're going to find different ways to contribute. If you'd like to do a one-time donation, you can click the PayPal button. If you want to make a recurring contribution, click the weekly Patreon button. Or another way to contribute is to record a listener contribution. It's a great way to help the NoSilla Castaways learn from you. If you want to contact me for any reason, you can email me at allison at podfeet.com and you can follow me on Twitter at podfeet. 
Maybe you want to talk to other Nocilla castaways. There's two great places to do that. You can do that in our Slack group at podfeet.com slash Slack, or you can join our Facebook group at podfeet.com slash Facebook. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.